what happens when couples get locked in different perspectives? When each partner's perspective seems foreign to the other, is it possible to even break out of those perspectives? We do it all the time. We get locked into our own perspective and we have these sort of knee-jerk thoughts that come to us. For example, we might see an overweight person and we might just immediately think, just eat a salad or stop eating, slow down. Or we hear an abuse victim and we think, well, just leave, just leave your partner. These are silos of meanings that come to us that we often get locked in. And I do it in my own relationship. When my wife does something that seems foreign to me that I can't quite wrap my head around or quite understand why she's doing what she's doing or how she's approaching a problem in a certain way, I might think, why is she doing that? Why is she doing it that way? Let me give you another example. So there was a mother and a child I was working with many years ago. And one evening, the mother and the stepfather got into a rather heated argument. And in the passions of the moment, the mother actually lost control enough and ripped the T-shirt that her husband was wearing. And her oldest daughter witnessed this of her stepfather and her mother losing control. And it overwhelmed her. In that moment, you might even say it, it created trauma for her. And so she gathered her younger siblings and went to calm them and take care of them. And later that evening, the mother then came and actually crawled into bed with the daughter and was seeking comfort from her because of how out of control things got. Well, their relationship was really ruptured after that. The daughter wanted to move over to her father's house and stay with her father, father and not live with her mother anymore. And so the mother, who was really a very good mother, loved her daughter tremendously, was trying to repair this relationship. And it just felt like her daughter wasn't going to be able to let down her guard and forgive her. So they came to me for help with this repair. Through through our process and through our sessions together, we kept running into this wall that this daughter had, and almost it almost looked from the outside like she was just trying to be obstinate. She was just not going to let her mother in for the sake of just not letting her mother in, sort of this teenage rebellion. But I really suspected something else might be going on. So as we began to peel back some of the layers what we began to understand was the deeper meaning that that evening held for the daughter. And what we understood was that she was so overwhelmed by witnessing her mother tearing her, her husband and her stepfather's shirt that evening that it, it terrified her. She felt her mother was completely out of control. She'd never seen her mother respond this way before. And then when she was laying down in bed that night and her mother crawled into bed with her, that further terrified her. And she talked about how she did not sleep a wink all night long. She stayed awake. Her body was on guard, not sure of what to expect because that thing that terrified her the most was now sleeping right next to her. 
And this was the deeper meaning that that held for the daughter. And the reason we kept running into a wall as we were trying to repair their relationship. That was a monumental moment for both of them to be able to, and me as well, to be able to learn the deeper meanings that, that that young woman held to that event that night and the trauma that that, has caught, that had caused. We were thankfully able to work through that. And eventually the daughter was able to move back home and they repaired the relationship and the mother and daughter were as close as ever because they were able to dive down into the deeper meanings of what was happening. So this is what we're gonna talk about today. Worlds of meaning when couples get locked in different perspectives. Let's get started. Welcome to Trauma-Free Relationship, a podcast that provides support and guidance to help heal the wounds of attachment trauma. Whether you find yourself struggling with unresolved issues in the past or have experienced trauma in your current relationship, our goal is to provide accurate, scientifically informed information, as well as the tools to help you create a secure connection between you and your partner. And here's your host, Tom Philp. Okay, what we're talking about here is what happens when couples get locked in different perspectives, when their experience of who they are and what's happening in the relationship are so divergent, are so separate, that it's really difficult for them to be able to come together in any kind of shared meaning. So getting stuck in different perspectives can happen to any couple. And it really is a normal part of relationships. And of course, it can cause ruptures in relationships. So it's not unique to couples who are securely attached. However, when trauma, when one or more persons or partners in a relationship experiences trauma or has trauma, then that can exacerbate the different experiences all that much more. Because one of the things that trauma does is it creates a closed feedback loop. So when we move into a place of of protection, because our trauma has been triggered, it closes us off to other information and other possibilities that may be able to actually expand our experience of who we are. We get sort of tunnel vision, if you will, and we get locked in on one particular meaning. And then what we do is we look for all the evidence that supports that meaning. And this really is what I'm calling worlds of meaning or, or you know, different perspectives. So as new information cannot penetrate, and instead the person stays stuck in the same thoughts and feelings that perpetuated the rupture in the first place. And I call this a system of meaning. By system, I just simply mean that, that we end up narrowing our focus and it creates a negative feedback loop that ends up reinforcing what we already believe. Some of this is a very normal psychological process. We all can get focused at times, but when we have trauma, it exacerbates this process that much more. And so we get locked into this one system of meaning. Just like this young woman I talked about at the opening of the show, she got locked into this system of meaning that we kept running into a wall. We couldn't get past it because she was not able to communicate to us 
When I was so overwhelmed and frightened, the thing that scared me the most then came and laid down in bed with me, seeking comfort from me all night long. And that thing that scared me the most never recognized I was so terrified I couldn't move or talk or think. And I didn't sleep a wink all night long. We were missing a huge, huge part of the deeper meaning that that particular rupture in their family that evening held for them. And so every time we tried to open that up, we ran back into that wall and that system of meaning for her until we were able to help her be able to articulate better what was going on with her. So when I talk about systems of meaning, we all have systems of meaning. We all have ways that we've sort of locked into to the meanings we draw from our experiences that we then reinforce over and over and over. And they continue to create a feedback loop for us. So when we come up against these different systems, meaning it feels like a threat. It feels like someone's challenging who we are because we are so locked into these, these meanings that we draw from our experiences. They form our identity. And it's not easy to expand that, to let other information in, because in some ways it is a dying of who we think we are and an embracing of who we are not yet and who we are to become. So it throws us into a place where it feels vulnerable, it feels risky to let go of those subjective meanings that we hold so dear about ourselves. And so our goal is, is to be able to move from a place of protection where we close things down and we look for things that only reinforce what we already feel like we know to a place where we can be more open and less threatened by what we already feel about ourselves. Now, I recognize this is much easier said than done, but one of the things I see over and over and over with my couples is oftentimes they really get bogged down into these own their, their own perspectives of what's happening in the relationship. And as, as one of my uh, couples said the other day, it's possible that I misread my partner in these times. And I just almost came out of my chair because it was such beautiful and brilliant insight. He was able to acknowledge that, yeah, when I'm in that place, when I'm in my protection, when I've been triggered, and, and it feels like I'm being re-traumatized, it's very possible that I misread my partner's intentions. And what I'm doing is only looking for that which reinforces what I already believe. So matter, no matter how much my partner may be trying to get comfort or reassurance, or they're trying to just be heard and understood much like I am, I can't hear any of that intention behind there. I only hear that they are wanting to argue or they're trying to trigger me on purpose or they know they know this is a trigger for me. Why do they continue to do it? And their intention is actually to hurt me rather than to try to connect with me. So how do we break out of these systems of meaning? How do we go from a place where we are closed down and we have a negative reinforcing feedback loop that only reinforces what we already believe. 
Well, one of the ways I think we do it is by using empathy. So if you've ever read a great novel before, then one of the things novels do brilliantly, and, and any good story does, is they help put you into the shoes of different characters. And so I've read many great novels over the years. There's lots of classics. There's even wonderful new ones coming out. But just kind of put yourself in that position where you're reading a book and the author is describing these different characters. And you feel like you can really sit and understand each one of these characters. And yet they're all so different. And the author paints you a picture of each one of these characters and what their personality would be like. And they give you a description of what they look like. And you can conjure that image up in your mind. So it feels like you are meeting and getting to know each one of these characters and their motives and and what drives them and and um, and all the things that are wrapped up in the plot of the book that these characters are playing out. You really feel like you can step into that. Well, I don't think it's any different in in how we try to reposition ourselves out of our protection to a place of openness and try to shift our systems of meaning, try to shift the meanings we have uh, based on our past experiences. We have to try to be able to step into our partner's shoes and we gotta try to be able to understand what they're saying to us through their eyes. When we're in a place of protection, this is difficult to do. I recognize that this takes a lot of work and I recognize that this is easier said than done, but so vitally important. Empathy, as I've said many, many times, empathy heals because empathy forces us to include other perspectives of what's happening in our experience or in our interaction with our partner. So the more we can step out of our own experience or suspend it long enough to try to step into our partner's shoes and understand what's going on with them here, what's really happening, what might really be their motivation, what are they feeling behind what they're telling me, then we have a much better opportunity to be able to create a broader sense of the interaction and to suspend our own meaning of what's happening and be able to in, at least include other meanings in that interaction. So one of the things I think we need to do is we need to just be able to use the gift of empathy and, and be able to take on or try to see multiple perspectives in doing that. I think the other thing we need to do is we need to challenge the way we think. You might call this meta-thinking. Meta means above. So think about the way you think. And we need to ask ourselves questions when we get stuck into one way of thinking, these systems of meaning. And we need to ask ourselves, like, why do I think this? Where did this come from? Is there any evidence for how I feel or have I adopted this from another place in time, another interaction? Is there another way to look at this? Who could I talk to that might know more about this than me? Who could I talk to that might have a different vantage point on this than the one I have? So I say all this to say, we need to try to be able to shift ourselves and, and look at ourselves um, and ask questions about why we're feeling 
and thinking the way we are. Oftentimes, because of the way we're built, we will have a feeling first, and then we have a thought. And the thought really, even though we think we're being rational, is really just a justification of the way we feel. We're just making stuff up about why we feel the way we do. We're trying to rationalize it. We're trying to justify it. And it sounds really good, so then we believe it. And sometimes it, it may be logical, but sometimes it may not. Sometimes it may just be a, a reinforcement of the way we already feel that's more difficult to let go of our feeling or to try to broaden that feeling and let in new information that might contradict it than it is just to hold firm to what we already believe. So being able to question, being able to, to think about the way we think is an important step in being able to break out of our systems of meaning and break out of our uh, worldview, at least in that moment. And then lastly, when we encounter difference, it usually accompanies fear. If we acknowledge the fear, the threat that we're feeling and place it in the context of learning something new or different, which creates more safety, then usually that fear will dissipate. And so we can't be afraid to validate not only the way we see things, but to validate the way our partner sees things because their view and their system of meaning is wrapped up in their identity and who they are as well. So a lot of times couples are not trying to be against one another. They're not trying to oppose one another. What they're trying to do is be deeply known by each other. But those, those meanings they're holding of their experience, especially if they've been triggered and it feels traumatizing, come across in ways that appear very defensive, sometimes antagonistic, or maybe they appear very stonewalling where we shut the person out. So it's, it's more difficult and we get locked in these, these cycles that get created in our relationships when what we're really striving to do is be known by each other. And so those are at least three different ways that I think we can try to broaden our, our perspectives, our systems of meaning. And what I'm seeing, not only in my couples, but I'm seeing this a lot in our culture, at least here in, in North America, and I'll even speak more specifically to the United States, that we are locked in, in systems of, of meaning and neither side is really wanting to play nicely with the other. Now, I'm not going to go, I'm not a political analyst. I'm not going to go off on any of that. I'm just saying, I think that this concept applies into larger groups as well, where we get so locked into the way we think things should be that we, we limit ourselves from being able to deal with the way things are and find solutions to where we are at currently and to be able to broaden and grow our subjective sense of self by taking in new information. Instead, we close ourselves off to it. And I see that in my couples, and I think I see that in the larger culture as well. 
I hope you found this helpful today. I know I say this all the time, but thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate everybody listening. Please feel free to email me or reach out. Let me know what you like, don't like, what you'd like to hear more of. As always, you can sign up for a, a coaching session, and I'd love to be able to help you with any of these concepts we talk about so that you can actually create a trauma-free relationship. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Trauma-Free Relationship, a podcast for the healing of attachment trauma. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website at traumafreerelationship.com. Be sure to look for our next episode on your favorite streaming service.